0: Hey guys, I'm so excited to announce that on Monday, April 25th, our next audio documentary will be going live. It's a three-part series on the life of Tony Davis, whose journey takes us into one of the most dangerous neighborhoods in Chicago, all the way to the NCAA podium. The series is called Escape from Inglewood, coming Monday, April 25th. Can't wait for you to hear it. All three episodes will be live on this podcast on Monday, April 25th until then let's get to this episode with John stripmatter
1: so as a dad, you know when, when they're younger, we're making sure that um, they're consistent in their practice, but we, you also have to make sure there's a hunger there right because you know if you're doing anything seven days a week when they're when they're really young I mean there's there's a, it's possible they may not they may lose that hunger so it's balancing how can I get them as good as possible and keeping that hunger so it's really a fine line.
0: We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change wrestling gave us that ability i would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection resilience toughness some guys have it some guys don't adversity 100 percent how to pick myself up and be a man after i failed and everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestle, because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent
1: wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is John Stripmatter an NCAA Division II national champ back in 1999. Now he's one of the coaches at Young Guns, which is one of the premier wrestling clubs in the country. They've produced the likes of Jason Nolf, Spencer Lee, Bo Bassett, maybe you've heard of him, Sam Herring, maybe you've heard of him. This guy is a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Fan of the week goes to Phil Merrill, a fan of the TJ Williams podcast. Who isn't? a lover of the Midlands tournament, and a listener of this podcast. Phil, thank you so much for the email and for all the advice. I really appreciate it. This episode is presented by Spartan Combat. The Spartan Combat Nationals just went down this weekend. Thank you to everyone who went and attended. Spartan Nationals is going to be returning next year, but for now, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who went. It means a lot. John Stripmatter, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for joining, man. It's gonna be such a fun time today. First, I want to congratulate you guys on the new facility. When did that get done?
1: So that was last summer, and uh, I mean that's kind of a dream come true for for Jody and basically everyone associated with you know uh, Jody, myself, our family. It's uh, it's a Taj Mahal, man. It's it's beautiful, and it's just a great place for kids to come and train. Um, there's a huge mural out in front that has all the young gun. Uh, champions of the past on it. And it's so motivating. And I know you see these younger kids come, come through there and look up at all the names and stories. Every, every picture there has a story. And, um, with that story is great motivation. So I know we have a lot of kids, uh, you know, between Jody, myself, uh, my other brother, Joe, and, uh, for them to be around all those great role models is, is really special.
0: So it's, it's been last summer. I didn't realize that. I saw Jody mm-hmm. at the uh, Iowa Penn state building and he showed me the picture of the mats. And it's like, I've never seen a room with that many mats. I thought it was new. So that's been going. And and for folks who don't know how, just describe it. How many mats you got in there?
1: Oh boy. I'm I'm so bad at that. Right. I'm not <laughs> sure. I know it's,
0: it's ginormous. It, like it's really, six. Really big. I'm thinking like, I've, I've never seen anything like that it. Sounds folks. about right. Yeah. I think it's, there's about, yeah,
1: it's so big. And the way it's created, like I said, it's just special. Um, just it's, you know, part of the Young Guns philosophy is just about training and training with passion. So when you're in there, it's a very motivating environment. And you can almost feel the energy, um, you know, from the the training facility.
0: Definitely. I mean, you think about some of the hammers you've had come through there. I mean, my goodness, Spencer Lee, Jason Knopf, now the Bo Bassett, you know, Sam Herring, some of these young cats coming up. And uh, for folks who aren't from Pennsylvania, how many operations and locations do you guys have going? Is it just a one right now or? No, 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 no. We, we have uh, multiple
1: sites. We have um, you know, sites in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, we have a site uh, where jo- Jody's at. We have a site in Altoona. We have a site in Johnstown. Wow. So um, each of those sites are special and unique. It's really, um, you know, each site has um, kind of attract, attracts a different uh, demographic of, of wrestler as far as some are older sites, some are younger sites, um, you know, Johnstown sites, more of a middle school's. Uh, not now they're going to the, the high school site. So each one is special and uh, has something unique that it brings to the
0: table. I can't wait to talk about some of the philosophies that you guys embark in and practice at each at each location. And I know you're big on books and, and motivational talks. So we'll hit on all that stuff. But yeah, sure. I just want to go back to your time at UPJ. You wrestled for one of the great coaches of, of any level. Uh, was it coach Pat?
1: Yes, Coach Bakora. absolutely. Coach Bakora,
0: yeah. So um, you tell me a little bit about who he is and how he got on your radar.
1: Right, well, Coach, he's a legend in our community. Um, I mean, he's an absolute legend. And the most impressive thing about Coach Bakora, I mean, he's he has the all-time wins record. Um, so he's incredibly successful. He's had two national championship teams, multiple Americans, multiple national champions. But the most impressive thing you can say about Coach is that the impact he has on uh, the individuals who go through there so in our area and region and even this part of the state you know western pa when, when you know a kid graduated from upj and wrestled under coach Cora, you know you're getting a really good human being you know coach Cora, um his wrestlers uh, tr- tremendous husbands fathers um, they're very su- successful in what they do in careers very clean cut just great great people And that's, that goes back to coach Bacora. I mean, all of his, the way he raised his own kids, he had four kids and I mean, they were all the homecoming Kings, the home, you know, homecoming Queens, just, you know, anything coach Bacora touches, it turns to gold. And he's, I really attribute a lot of the character and and a lot of our beliefs is from coach Bacora.
0: And so when you get into his program day one, is it something where he's going to work you hard and put you through a little bit of a meat grinder? Or does he take a a different approach? coach. He definitely has
1: a different approach. It's, um, it's more, it's a consistent, it's a chop wood, carry water approach and a big part of his philosophy, just as it is for, for our philosophy in young guns, it's, it's the character element. So he would always talk after every practice about character. And that's something that Jody and I do to this day, to, you know, talk about the importance of character and being a good person, treating people right. And, uh, that all goes back to coach Pecora.
0: Man. I just love how you guys are all about the holistic approach and, uh, you know, I've had Spencer Lee on here and and he obviously tells the story of when his dad wanted uh, Spencer to be on the young guns dual team. And uh, one of you, one of you, your brothers were like, well, you can only be on the dual team if you come here. And so uh, that's just totally counter to what we're seeing in this day and age with, you know, people building these all-star teams and just doing anything to win, but you guys take a different approach and uh, that sounds like it started with your college coach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So coach, you know, anyone who's wrestled for UPJ or been around Coach Bakora, they know the importance of relationships. So that's, you know, Jody and I, we, we take great pride in that. And, and all the coaches at Young Guns, I mean, um, we, we take great pride building relationships with the kids. Um, so whenever we get invited to um, their weddings, you know, we, we really try to make an effort to go. Or, um, you know, last last year, um, I'm Catholic, so I was a confirmation sponsor for a wrestler named Brock Millen, who's three times state champ going to pit now. So wow. those kind of things are just so um, so special to us that we have those kind of relationships, um, in the fall, uh, we're going to Nico Megalutis, sister's wedding. So we really try to take pride in relationships with the family and the kids. And, um, you know, we're, we're in this together. We're trying to be, build great kids, great people. And, uh, you know, we're in it together.
0: Well, and, and you know, if, if the young gun system now is one big family, if you go back to when Jody arrived at UPJ, that must've been pretty special because now you're on a college team with your brother. What grade were you when he arrived?
1: So I was a, I'm trying to think here. I was, we were two years apart. Okay. So I believe um, when he was a redshirt, I was a sophomore um, when he's a redshirt freshman. But yeah, Jody and I were always inseparable, Um, you know, best friends growing up. Uh, A lot of, you know, people still to this day mistake us as twins. Um, You know, we, we get each other so, so well. And uh, I mean, he was, the best person to have for me at UPJ because I mean, with Jody um, he was so intrinsically motivated and being around someone like that, it just rubbed off on you. You know, one of them that it it made you want to be like the best version of yourself being around Jody.
0: Wow. That's so powerful because I was reading an old article from like, like the 99 season when you guys won your second team title Mm -hmm. and coach Pacora was giving a quote and uh, he said, you, you and your brother were literally just always in the room, like just an obsessive, compulsive, just trying to get as as good as you can. I mean, talk a little bit about some of your training routine and habits back when you were competing.
1: Yeah, Ryan. So it really came from my parents. Uh, so we grew up on a dairy farm. And so that's kind of, you know, we didn't know any different. It was basically, um, you know, on a dairy farm, you're milking cows seven times a day, twice a day. So in our eyes, we could never live up to the work ethic that my dad and my mom, my mom cleaned houses um, when we were growing up so it was hard for us to ever live up that to that work ethic in our eyes now they were my mom and dad they were super proud of us and, and you know they were always encouraged inspire um they would never be you know critical of us or anything like that but just the work ethic and example they they set was really powerful and made a made a huge impact so when you think about some of the the people in our lives when we were growing up we talked about coach McCora, our parents um, our grandparents we just we were always surrounded by people with a lot of character um, people with great values integrity and uh you know that work ethic determination it really rubbed off on us and kind of shaped the way that we believe that um we wanted to, to train. so for training yeah it was like an everyday thing and um you know there was there's no such thing as burnout for us because it was just something we loved it so much and to this day um it just brings us so much joy. When I go into the a, a, a Young Guns room and being around kids, like you talked about, like earlier, some of the kids that you mentioned, um, you know, right now, you know, Jackson Arrington, and you talked about Sam Herring. I mean, those kids just being around them, you know, uh, Vinnie Kilcary, um, Rocco Welsh, all, all these guys, Troy Holman, they give me so much passion and purpose for my life that when you go there, um, it makes you want to work hard and it's, and it's exciting. So there's no such thing as burnout when you're, you know, in that kind of environment surrounded by great people.
0: Yeah. Those kids, like when you look at how young they are and how disciplined they are and just like how, how positive, how good of kids they are, it brings your level up as an adult. You know, I feel that way. Anytime I, I get to connect with some of these young guys who are still in high school, putting in just ridiculous amounts of time.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, when you go to a young guns practice, you have to do your homework because, um, you know, guys like Mac church, I mean, they, they know their tech, they're, they're so good. And, uh, You have to be prepared going in there because, you know, they, they're, these kids are multiple time state champs and they're looking to get to the the top level, being the number one ranked guy in the country. And they want to follow their young guns, uh, you know, forefathers who came before them and they want to be all Americans, national champions in college. So, you know, they it's, um, they're counting on us, right. To kind of lead them to the, to that direction. So knowing that, knowing that responsibility that we have, it makes you want to prepare like crazy and make sure that you're doing everything you can to help them reach their goals.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of, I can't remember which former Patriots offensive coordinator it was, but he said, um, you know, basically when he was going into any offensive meeting with Tom Brady, he was preparing like to the nth degree because he knew Tom Brady had watched more film than anyone. And it's like, man, if you went to every practice or every meeting that prepared, how much better would you be? And that's the kind of situation you guys are in because of these studs that are coming through your doors every day.
1: Right. You're, you're, that's the best analogy, uh, what you just said there. That's what it feels like where you're, when you're going to practice. You want to you study and prepare because uh, you know they definitely are on their end and you don't want to let them down.
0: They're watching matches. They're, they're studying everything. Now, you know, Young Guns has had so many guys um, beyond some of the super elite guys, like the Nolts and the Spencer Lees. but we got to hit on Spencer Lee a little bit. When was the yeah. first time he came through and you're like, this kid is like another level?
1: Well, Spencer was, he was tough. We, we got to see him when he was really young, maybe for, I think it was a uh, a clinic with Doug Schwab. He came in for a clinic, Doug Schwab. He was really young. I'm, I'm guessing maybe second, third grade, if I had to guess. And then it, it was such a commute for him to, uh, to drive to Murraysville. And then when he got to be, I believe sixth grade, he came and uh, you got to see some of that Spencer Lee mystique. But then once I really appreciated it, Well, I mean, you saw what he would do to other, other wrestlers, right? And he touched on it with your, with your podcast. He said about, um, you know, he wrestled a a young gun kid and he, he, he did extremely well, but he didn't pit him almost. And he was real frustrated with himself after the match. And so you saw how dominant he was. But when I first realized how good he was, was when he was, um, big enough to train with me and you felt, you felt that power that, um, that energy that he had and it was it it was something like each wrestler has a different feel but he had something um in his feel that i've never i've never felt before like i said and it doesn't mean like he's um, better than anyone else because we've had you know great wrestlers i don't want to compare right but he has this feel to him and and the only best way i try to describe it if you've ever been on a mechanical bull and you try so hard that you know it's going to be really hard to stay on but then when they turn it off turn it up um, you just can't stay on. You try so hard. So when he, he has this level, when he goes hundred percent, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. The power strength, explosiveness that he has. It's really, it's a unique feel.
0: It's like, he's hit, he's hit, hit that same technique, that dump. And then, you know, forever you go back to watching those super 32 matches of Suriano. It's like the same stuff, but right. man, it's just, uh, to hit, to me, when you, hanger on that kid it's just so mental for him like he is such a high standard that i don't it's just hard to imagine anyone else getting there you know
1: yeah he's such a great great human being as well even when he was really young you know i always said he was going to run for mayor because uh, he just had this charisma and personality that when he was at tournaments or in the wrestling room he was just he just like i said he had this charisma that was that was special and then when he competes uh, that's a different spencer he's very competitive and and hard nose and tough, but, um, yeah, he's just a great kid. Wow.
0: I mean, in the guys we could, could mention go on for days, but another guy that came through, uh, Jason Nolfe, you know, just again, one of the best college wrestlers of the past decade, maybe, maybe more. Um, he takes a different approach to it, but I mean, yeah, I don't know a lot about Nolf to be honest with you, but like, what was he like coming up through the ranks as like serious and focused or did he come on a little bit later?
1: So Jason Knolf, he had this personality and, uh, it was, it was really unique. So when he came into the wrestling room, the best way to describe it would be he had this passion that was so great. that There was nowhere else on earth that he'd rather be. Um, that's when he just, he enjoyed the camaraderie. He enjoyed, um, just the, the fun. Like he would even back then, you know, before he was at Penn state, um, he had a tremendous amount of fun at practice. So, you know, sometimes you had to dial him in a little bit as far as, um, you know, he, he loved playing pranks on I me, mean, you know, Jason Wolf Gavin Teasdale, you know, Max Mier and those guys for pranksters. But um, he, it was just, there's nowhere else he'd rather be. He just loved practice that much. He loved uh, being around his buddies. He, he loved learning new moves. He loved pushing himself to the limits. So I believe in, in my mind, that's why he got so good is he just loved every single aspect of it. Um, and uh, you know, that translated over to, to success. Now, What's interesting is, you know, some wrestlers at Young Guns, they're just completely dominated. They, they crush your practice. But he was always experimenting, right? It was like the wrestling room was a, um, a laboratory where he was going to experiment. Um, and his dad, when he was younger, uh, when I say younger, I mean, he came to us probably, you know, uh, i say eighth grade, something like that. Um, but his dad early on would get frustrated because he would be getting taken down the guys that, um, you know, you wouldn't normally see him getting taken down but he was just always experimenting. But then once that switch came on and he got serious, you saw a different NOLF, had You had a different NOLF there. And I remember talking to Cody Sanderson from Penn State, and he said that uh, in in the practice room early on, you know, he was having a lot of fun. Sometimes he would be silly. But then when he came down that hallway at, at rec hall and he was getting ready to go out, he saw a switch go off and he saw his eyes look a different different than he's ever he's ever uh, seen before and he he understood what we were saying about like when he gets dialed in that's just a different level
0: i mean just imagine like how much more you enjoy it if you love being there that much i mean you know some guys oh, go yeah. to practice and it's just they're just looking at the clock can't wait until 5:30. you know but uh right. someone like that where they love being there it's like that's in that you see him experimenting like i, I don't know if it's called the wind dixie but he throws some yes. crazy yes. stuff out there and that probably goes back to his uh his middle school years, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, he would, he would experiment and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect another high level wrestler, but he was wrestling a high level wrestler at young guns, super stud. And they were wrestling and he was working on this um, leg attack that he, he used quite often at Penn state. And he kept hitting it over and over. And he had this big smile. Like he was giggling himself. He thought it was the funniest thing ever that no, you know, that could, couldn't stop it. And, um, that's him. I mean, he just loves it so much. He loves learning so much and and the whole wrestling experience. And, uh, you know, we really try to convey that to the the younger wrestlers that when you love something that, that much, um, you know, you're, you're going to see, see the success that you want.
0: And I love that one of your core philosophies is developing or cultivating a love to learn among your athletes and and you're an educator. Um, I just want to know where did that kind of start where you crystallized that and said, this is something that we're going to preach and focus on each and every day.
1: Yeah, Ryan, I think it's just kind of how, how we grew up, uh, how Jody and I grew up. So what was interesting with, with our journey is that, um, you know, dad, he was always working on the farm. So anything that we wanted to achieve had to be on our own. So we watched videos, um, you know, for Christmas, you know, we had the best Christmas ever. Well, uh, Every year we got that. We'd always order the uh, Division One semifinals that were wow. um, they would always sell. So we'd watch every semifinal match. Um, and you know, Iowa was always our favorite when we were growing up. So we'd watch you know Mark Ironside and Lincoln MacRavy and those guys. And and that was just the most powerful motivation that we could have. Um, we read as many books as we possibly could about you know a lot of the Iowa and Gable things, but just anything with motivation, sports psychology probably um in college early college throughout my life it's always been something i've been fascinated with the sports psychology end of things and uh you know i feel like now as a coach all that that wisdom sometimes it didn't always uh you know help as an athlete um i don't want to say help but we were always climbing that mountain right we were always climbing the mountain but i feel like you know as josh medcalf says you know we we came up the rough side of the mountain that never nothing was ever easy for us it was always just by a lot of hard work but all of those lessons we've learned by going up that rough side of the mountain has really helped a lot of the athletes that we see today.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that perspective because so many folks who get into reading and development in their twenties and thirties, a lot at least I'm always thinking, man, I wish I would have known some of this when I was wrestling, just to calm myself down, you know. And uh right. when you think about the sports psychology aspect of it, what are like what are some of your I don't mean to put you on the spot, but like core principles or beliefs in terms of helping kids calm down and, and really wrestle a match without that anxiety holding them back. Cause that's obviously a big part of uh, of youth wrestling is the mental part of it.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. We kind of go the opposite way a little bit, as far as what you might think. And um, studying that sports psychology, I, I think, you know, without really knowing, you know, what Penn state's doing with their secrets, but uh, um, almost sometimes devaluing the outcome and really valuing the process is kind of like our big, foundation of what we're doing, um, you know, just becoming, Travelle Delagnov has a, a great speech on uh, sports psychology where, um, you know, he, he told a story of if you, uh, if you went through your wrestling experience and you got second, you know, it, is it a miserable one? Is it something that you're like, you know, upset with, or are you going through this experience trying to be the best version of yourself? So that's something we're really trying to emphasize to, to the kids is that, um, you're gonna have a lot of opportunities, whether it's the state tournament, super 32, the World Childs, Fargo, there's so many opportunities to go out and really see if, if you're the best version of yourself. So we don't value something where we put all the stock in that and that um, creates pressure. We try to take that pressure away and, and say, hey, there's a lot of opportunities here. This is just about you know seeing how good we can be on, on this journey. Um, so yeah. we've, we've had a lot of uh, you know a lot of success really devaluing the outcome and, you know, valuing just that, uh, the process.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of something Gabe Dean said on this show one time is, you know, once you, I think it's once you take more pride in your discipline than your results, you become a dangerous wrestler. And, uh, you know, like someone like that, you read about his brother, Max eating a kale salad every night for six months straight. Yeah, He's disciplined with the process and he's never going to slip. And it sounds like you guys are taking a similar approach where it's, you know, like you said, kind of like, you know, a casual indifference about the outcome, but a real hyper focus on, on doing the right things every day.
1: Yeah. And Jody was at Iowa. So he got out, he was around so many good influences at Iowa. And I remember, I don't know if I read it or just being around Gable. He said that, um, you know, when you're approaching these competition, you have to approach it. Like it's the most important thing in the world in your training and making sure you're preparing yourself, but it's also the least important thing in the world where you're devaluing that outcome. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that's, that's really powerful stuff.
0: Yeah. Legendary coach from Illinois. And I don't mean to be quote dropping today, but you bring the philosophical side out of me, but oh, yeah. Bill, Bill wick rest in peace. But, uh, he, uh, he coached Gable in the Olympics. He coached some right. of these legendary Mount Carmel teams in the nineties. Joe Williams went there, but he would tell kids before the finals, you know, there, there's 6 billion people in the world who don't give a crap about this match, you know, win, lose or draw. And it's just a good reminder to keep you loose, you know?
1: I need to use that. I'm gonna start using that one. That is <laughs> absolutely it's, it's the truth, right? You have the parents, the you know, like the, the kid, the family, the coaches. But at the end of the day, right, you're you're absolutely right, Ryan. That that's um yeah, that's that's it's important to you. And um, I think, you know, when you saw RBY's um, you know, talk at the end of after he won, I mean, he basically said that, hey, like in so many years, this match may not be remembered, but it's it's going out and and, and testing yourself and, and doing it for yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you you mentioned that you know Jody obviously went to Iowa. For folks who, who aren't familiar, two time Ju- uh, not JUCO Division two champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were a Division two champ his sophomore year, and you guys won the team title. Must have been like one of the greatest nights of your competitive life. You know, you and your brother winning titles at the same time, the team winning a title. But then he transfers and goes to Iowa. Did you move out there with him? I did. I did. Wow. So I finished.
1: So it was always our dream. I mean, when we were young. You know, we we just loved uh, you know the wrestling um, so much that we'd we'd be doing matches against each other when we were young, and we were like, all right, now wrestling for the University of Iowa, Tom Brands, and you know that was you know me or Jody, right, and he would be Terry Brands, so we'd be going going at it, duking it out, and uh, we just loved that so much. So growing up, um, you know, it was the era of you know that's when I was winning all the titles. They they had this mystique, and we were watching Gable, Competitor Supreme. So oh my god, the best. Uh, we just lived and breathed, you know, Iowa wrestling and what it stood for. So when Jody went out there, you know, as soon as I was done student teaching, I was on the first uh, first bus ride out just wanting to learn everything I could about, you know, Iowa and what made them so successful.
0: So is that something where Jody was like proactively recruited or he called up Iowa and said, Hey, I want to come out there. How did, how did that go down?
1: Um, So we were at the Olympic training center um, this the year, um, before my senior year, the summer before my senior year and Jody and I were out there training and we were just, we were out out with all the world team members and having opportunity. Jody was wrestling. um, His partner was, he wrestled Sammy Henson quite a bit. And then I wrestled Tony Perler quite a bit. And we were around that atmosphere And at the time Mark Ironside was out for part of that camp. And we had an opportunity to interact with him. And Jody had a chance to to interact with Mark Ironside and we idolized Mark Ironside. So it was a situation where, um, you know, a lot of the kids on our uh, UPJ championship team were graduating. We were, they were my age. They were seniors. So, um, you know, Jody, there was only one place he wanted to go with and it was, it was Iowa.
0: Yeah. And so he moves out there. You move out shortly after and get a, a special education degree from Iowa. Um, what was it like just that summer, like your first month in there being a wrestling junkie and, and seeing kind of, kind of behind the curtain, what were some of your early takeaways from being out there?
1: Yeah, it was just, you know, at the time, um, it was just the best place to be as someone who loves the sport as much as we do. I mean, you would see the, obviously the Brands brothers and McRavy and Schwab and Zadik, uh, Mike Menna was there, uh, the Hawkeye wrestling club, like, you know, Gabe would come in and just being around them. It just made you want to be like a, the best version of yourself. It made you want to be like whatever you were doing. You know, I, I just started my teaching career. It made you want to be a better teacher. Um, it, it was just very, very powerful as far as not only what we were learning out there, but just it was very powerful because of the intrinsic motivation and the passion that it was instilling.
0: Yeah. And that was such a special time. You had, uh, like you said, the, the transition of Zaleski to Gable, but Gable's still around, they put two Olympians on the team in 2000. Um, you know, Terry Lincoln and yeah. And Joe Williams should have been on the team. He, right. just, he was upset. So could have had three Olympians. So that was like <laughs> the Mecca at that time. And, uh, one of the matches that really sticks out, just knowing that you guys are PA guys, I got to imagine Jody's Big Ten final against Hunter was like a, a pretty epic one that sticks out in your mind. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy. Um, he, he, uh, he actually mentioned us in the podcast uh, a few weeks ago that you had on. So I want to say, Jeremy, he had such a big, he'll never know, he never knew this, but he had such a big influence on us because when we were growing up, he was in our weight. And I mean, Jeremy was like a mythological figure almost where you heard stories about Jeremy getting up and he talked about it on a, on the podcast where he'd get up before school and run five miles and his work ethic was unbelievable. Um, you know, he didn't drink soda, he was clean cut. So we were like, oh wow, like if we want to get to that level, we're going to have to do what Jeremy Hunter does. So he really, you know, Jeremy Hunter is someone that without directly influencing us had a major impact on us and, and knowing that for us to reach our goals this is how we're gonna have to live our life this is how we're gonna have to train and we, and we went all in try to do that to the best we possibly could
0: I love hearing those stories about kids like uh, not kids but guys like Jeremy Hunter where they were so successful that mm-hmm. they were like mythical figures almost you know and oh, yeah uh, I mean in yeah. PA so, in the 90s he was like that right
1: he was absolutely like that you know four times the um you know state champion and, really uh, a great worker, hard worker. So, um, yeah, when Jody wrestled him in the, uh, the big 10 finals, there was just a you know, a lot of history and, and background and it was respect. I mean, it was a complete respect on our part, but he was, he was definitely like the epitome of like what we wanted to the level we wanted to get to. Um, you know, we were at PA training camps with him on uh, freestyle with Greco, um, you know, wrestling him growing up. So that was the level. That was a really important stepping stone, you know, for Jody and, and, you know, like I said, we have all the respect for Jeremy and all the success he's had.
0: Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And just, you know, one of the nicest guys you'll meet, you know, the PA guys, man, you guys are all nice people out there. I'll, I appreciate everyone it. everyone I've come in contact with. And, and, uh, you know, you fast forward to, 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 again, what you guys are doing now, young guns is just massive. And this is during an age where there's a lot of academies popping up and you guys were you know there early and you're still there now. Um, you know, I read that when COVID hit, you guys were having these Zoom work Zoom workouts, so on so forth, and you would lead right. some of these meditation and book reviews. What are some of your favorite books that you tell young kids about that the young young guns guys are hearing about?
1: Yeah, I mean, probably the most famous one, Ryan. And first of all, your research is tremendous. It's absolutely, it's almost, it's it's uh, incredible. But sometimes yeah, I feel probably, like it's a
0: little creepy, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so
1: impressive. It's so impressive. Um, so I would say probably. Um, josh medcalf um his his books chop wood carry water is probably the one that if you had to ask a, you know a young guns wrestler over the last few years what's had the biggest Im- impact on their particular career i would say chop wood carry water but the um let me you know, stop what, you on
0: that one because i'm yep. a, i'm in the doghouse i have not read that one despite sam telling oh. me to multiple times what's the yeah. what's the general thesis or takeaway from that book
1: um, it's, it's the valuing the process and it's all about loving the process. Um, okay. you know, it's, I'm going to tell you one, one, you know, quick story here. We, we talked about, you know, the rough side of the mountain, but you'll see, uh, you know, Bill Bassett will put this out there before he has big competitions, um, world, ti- you know, going after world titles and stuff. And, you know, we, there's a, a short story. All of his stories are like three pages long and there's a story about chasing lions. So there's a biblical figure who, um, was really an unknown, but he, um, you know, slayed a lion. He was attacked by a lion. He slayed the lion, and then he became the king's uh, main bodyguard. Right. So we talk about, um, you know, if you want to be, you know, successful, you want to, you make it big. You got to go out and slay lions. So we're always chasing lions and finding that that next obstacle that we can go after because, uh, you know, you don't want to protect anything. As you know in wrestling, you always want to be looking for those lions and looking for that next uh, next mountain to climb.
0: And that style of wrestling that you guys preach is so fun to watch because you're you are never protecting anything. I mean, th- these guys you're talking about, they're just they're going at it like wrestling every mm-hmm. match as if like as if they're losing or they got a chip on their shoulder. It's just so fun to watch right. that style.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, a good example of that uh, Vinny Kilcary, he won a state title this year, was his second title, Super Thirty Two champ, and he was wrestling a um, you know a guy we have a you know once again a lot of respect for in this eight semifinals, and um, this wrestler was a Greco World Team member. And, uh, he goes out there and, you know, Vinny, we're, you know, we're talking about just letting it fly and going out to get into his best positions. And he goes out and he's trying to throw a Greco world team member (laughs) and they're getting these crazy situations. And it was just an exciting match. But after he he came up and was sitting with Jody and I gave us hugs and whatnot. And we're like, Vinny, I love how wide open you are, but that might not have been your best strategy, (laughs) but it's just, but you know what the, just being that wide open is more important to us than maybe, um strategizing on exactly what move he should hit and whatnot we just want to be um wrestling free and going out and hitting his best holds
0: yeah and i bet man when there's a match like that i bet the crowd at uh at her just going absolutely insane it was going
1: crazy yeah it was insane a lot of yeah. <laughs> a lot of excitement that match
0: that's so exciting now you've mentioned a few names and these guys are up and comers and admittedly i don't get too into following guys until they get you know to some of those world team levels and um yeah, I just can't wait to see what you guys produce next. But mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, PA is so dominant at the at the mm-hmm. NCAA level, uh, All-Americans national qualifiers every year. And then on the freestyle scene, you know, my home state has done well at Fargo. And uh, I've heard you on a podcast where the PA guys were kind of deliberating. Why is Fargo not emphasized anymore with some of these top guys? And uh, I'm just curious your thoughts on like, is Fargo still a, a Pinnacle tournament for you guys at Young Guns, and and if not, how why has that changed? Yeah, no, we love it. We, we okay. Jody and I,
1: we love Fargo. We um, you know, if it was up to us and what was best for our kids, I mean, we would take our whole contingent out there yeah. and wrestle. But you know, kind of what made makes Young Guns you know special is that um, you know we don't force our style of technique or we don't force our philosophies. It's more of a we're here to, to help kids meet their their needs. So Jason Dolph was never a guy who loved. Um, know freestyle coming up Mm -hmm. when he was younger but there there are some guys who you know Gavin Teasdale loved freestyle he probably loved you know freestyle more so than um you know folk style so we push freestyle hard um we always bring in the the world team members here he always starts off freestyle season by it started with a guy named Nick Roberts um okay bringing in his uh world medal um we had Spencer Lee uh you know Bo Bassett they they bring in their world medals and we we hope to create that passion and uh, motivation for the younger wrestlers seeing that where they want to be out there. Uh, Fargo is absolutely one of my, you know, favorite tournaments to go out. Um, you know, we have a lot of respect for Illinois and now um, you know, being able to know some of those guys uh, we you know, Brian Medlin, you know, we, oh the, my world, God, the
0: best! we love that guy, you know,
1: so um, just a great guy. And, you know, his son someone's at the uh, young guns camp last, last year with Cannon Webster. You're, you're just great human beings, great people. So we really, um, are big fans of what Illinois is doing in freestyle Greco and, uh, the success they're having, you know, guys like coach Medlin really making a huge impact,
0: huge impact. And what's what, as you're mentioning that, I, I kind of forget that, you know, I graduated high school in 07. So during that time, these cadet and junior world teams really weren't that big of a focus, But now. The tournament, you know, the qualifier in Akron is everything, you know. So I forget that some of these top top guys aren't going to Fargo because they're at the World Championships. So that really is kind of taken off since you know 2013, 2014. Um, right, is a big focus. But mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people listening to this are high school coaches or their parents of kids who are wrestling, and the parents, you know, were really never in wrestling, so they listen to this to get some insight. So from from your perspective, you guys are still putting a heavy focus on freestyle during the off season.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In in Fargo, you know, talk about that and the, the world team trials. I mean, you're around all these college coaches out there. I mean, you'll, you'll run into, these kids are going to run into Olympians and Olympic champions and and place winners and, and national champions and all Americans. And once again, if your goal is to be the best in the world someday, you know that's somewhere where you want to be, just being around those kind of uh, individuals. And whenever you're wrestling on the uh, on the big stage at Fargo, um, you know my my heart it just it's it's a different it's a different animal it's a different beast. I have to use those sports psychology uh, tactics on <laughs> myself because I want to portray calmness because uh, it's it's something, man. When you get called uh, Matt one, that it's go time.
0: Ooh, let's go. And I just, yeah, I love that tournament. I love seeing breakout stars. Like I mentioned this all the time, but you know, didn't know a lot about Eric Larkinson, son, Kyler Larkin until last year, boom, he comes out there, just explodes. And he's, he's, he's having some great matches. So I, I can't wait for freestyle season and, and knowing you guys are, you know, really, you know, putting guys out there and, and taking the time to coach that. I mean, you go out there and coach team PA. Is that right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and PA, um, you know, a shout out to the the whole organization there. They really, they um, they try to include the the club coaches, and um, you know, it's a it's a one big family on the on the PA staff. We have a great time uh, just bonding with the other coaches and learning what the other um, you know clubs and teams, high school teams are doing around the the college guys. So it's it's really fun to be a, a part of Team PA, and like I said, it's a, a shout out to everyone involved there because. Uh, you know, they make it possible. There's no egos. They want, they want the kids just to have the best possible experience. And, and PA wants to take their best possible team because we're, we're, we're you know, we're trying to catch uh, Illinois and freestyle Greco.
0: <laughs> well, it's uh, I mean, you need time a state finishes ahead in PA in wrestling. You got to feel good about that just because of how dominant PA is. And if you look at, man, the state tournaments out there, I, I got to get out there for a PA state tournament because I, I'm told that both divisions are, are kind of equally as competitive whereas in some states like the big school division is just infinitely more deep than the small school division you know
1: yeah absolutely yeah PA is, it's special and um you know when you go through there it's uh it's just such a prestigious event to go through and you see some of the you know the big early round matchups that you're you're seeing right out of the chute just based on the you know the way it works for the qualifying system
0: so is it seated? I mean,
1: so somewhat, I mean, it's based on how you do at your, your qualifying tournaments and then you mm-hmm. try to keep um, uh, you know, the different state champions. It's seated to a certain degree, but um, I mean, you, you, you have some of the top ranked guys, the third and fourth ranked guy in the rankings going at it in the prelims. So, and that, that happens every year just based on, you know, how guys are, who they match up with in the qualifier and whatnot.
0: Do you have to win your qualifier to get to the big dance? No.
1: I mean, depending on where you're at, I mean, they'll take, you know, some regions three and some are more than that, but um, it definitely rewards uh, being the regional champion there.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's cool when you see that and just, you know, guys coming out of that and you look at, um, you know, some of my favorite wrestlers, the Hidley brothers, you know, I don't know if they, if Hayden ever won that tournament and, you know, look at him come out and he's, He's the he's the face of NC State, you know, and and um, Trent obviously just an unbelievable talent, but that just shows the depth of the state, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's just just so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's kind of you, you talked about you know the PA doing really well and Division One nationals and whatnot, and all the All Americans they're producing, but it it goes back to that 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 state tournament, and if you if you look at some of the brackets there, it's it's insane. Um, you know the the guys who go on to be you know really successful in college, they start battling you know duking it out when they're in uh, you know high school and younger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, so if, if someone's listening to this and they say, "Man, I love the Young Guns philosophy. We, we want to have our kids there," but you know, we live in you know Texas. Do you guys have camps throughout the year where non club members can attend, or is it all for the club members?
1: No. So it's um, you know Jody has an Easter camp coming up here you know this this weekend and um, you know, all summer long, he'll, he have camps that he, he puts out there. So now with this huge facility, we have sleeping quarters. It was really cool because we got to see kids from just about every state last summer. So wow. really, um, and it, it is great. And like I said, we might not be able to, to see them on the, on the weekly basis, like we do, um, young, gun kids, but once again, uh, it, life's all about relationships and, um, you still cheer for those kids out there who believed in Young Guns enough to make that commitment to come out, to fly out, to uh, travel out to uh, you know where we're at, in the middle of a you know big farm and, and train with us. So um, you know it's all about relationships and uh, you know having them believe in us, man. We want to do everything we possibly can to help them reach their goals.
0: And so those camps at younggunswrestling.com, I believe it is, and we'll link to that in the mm-hmm. show notes. But I looked at some of the guys you got coming out, and it's like john reader it's uh it's just Donnie vincent i mean some of these unbelievable minds of wrestling are coming into the young guns camp so it's just like i feel like your guys's place in the summer is just a who's who man
1: yeah you know and it's once again it's a credit to jody we we sit around the ta- table and um we just bring something like who would it be really cool to get out here so we are completely open-minded about who is it reasonable and impossible to get out here who would inspire the kids but also us like we're we are coaches but we're also the biggest fans ever of the sport of wrestling we love it so much so when these guys are coming out it's as much for the the kids and also for ourselves i mean you know uh you know we love it i'm a principal an assistant principal i'm in school right now and uh, after hours of course but um (laughs) you know so my kids uh you know they're they're off in the summer and jody will call or he'll text me at school and he's like hey you know zeke jones is over here um you know, do you want the kids to come over and get a workout? I'm like, oh my god, yeah, they'll be over in five minutes. We, you know, we live five minutes from each other. So, it, it, the having you know Jody's facility there and all the people are coming in daily. It, it's like we live in um, you know, there's that quote in uh, Field of Dreams: Is this Iowa? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, or is this uh, is this heaven? No, this is Iowa. That, that that's what it's like for us where we're living on the farm, man. You know, every day you're like, man, is this heaven? And, uh, <laughs> so it's it's you know it's um it's just great stuff. And uh,
0: is you know, it we're, the same farm you grew up on?
1: It is. It is really? it's right, it's right by the, oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a mile from where the dairy farm was. Now my dad's into the, you know, as he got, um, into the sixties and, um, uh, now he's turning 70. We he got into the, you know, um, uh, harvesting and grain business, just a little, little easier time wise and everything. But yeah, we're right on that farm and, uh, it's good. I feel like that farm, just having it there is like really good on, on kids and, and valuing hard work and kind of what we stand for at, for, uh, at young guns.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I grew up in a farming community, but I don't know the first thing about it. So I had to look up like day in the life of a dairy farmer. I can't imagine that you get to take any days off milking those cows. Like it's gotta be every day, right?
1: Well, Ryan, that's funny. You say that because, uh, any of my friends listening out there would also say that I know nothing. about it <laughs> I was probably, I was, I grew up in a farm. I got the character traits from it. And, um, but you know, when it comes to driving a tractor, it just wouldn't it wouldn't be good for me. You know, I don't think my dad ever let me get to that level, but uh, you know, my brothers could, but uh yeah, I was I was in love with wrestling, man. And um, but farming is something that we learned a character and you know all that stuff from and yeah. the utmost respect for it. But uh when I say I wasn't good at it, that's an understatement.
0: <laughs> well, and you know, as you uh as you look at that, it's always interesting to me where it's like, yeah, people, maybe your teammates with that UPJ were like, man, the strip matters are working crazy hard. And you're thinking, man, that's nothing compared to what my old man's doing on the farm, you know? And so I just love that you guys had that perspective and uh, you use that in your career. And now in your coaching career, you mentioned you're a a vice principal and I'm glad you brought Mm -hmm. that up because I want to get your thoughts on, is there anything you've picked up from the education world, kind of ignoring wrestling that you take and apply to wrestling practice? Anything you learned or anything you've seen from just interacting with young people for so many years?
1: Well, just, I would say the importance that the message we want to get out to, I'm sorry, to uh, young guns is that the importance of education. Mm. So, you know, Jody has a great quote where he says about, uh, make sure you use wrestling, don't let wrestling use you. So the colleges the call the young guns kids um it's it's unbelievable and growing up you know it would have been uh almost unthinkable to have uh, schools like penn and harvard and, and those kind of prestigious lehigh's call so to think that these kids have that opportunity because they value education it's it's really awesome for them and it's awesome for their families so i would say from the what i have as a vice principal is you know, when we have a kid, when we have kids go to an Ivy League school. It's a celebration at our school. Like it's really, really important to keep that tradition going and to establish that culture. And in the wrestlings, uh, we want to make sure we don't take that for granted because it is special. And when kids get an opportunity to go to, you know, any any college in further education, that's a really special accomplishment.
0: Yeah, and, and as you know, the, the the wrestling years are like this compared to your life, you know, and so right. That, that love of learning you guys instill, it applies to school, it applies to wrestling. But then when they get in their first, you know, in your twenties where it's your first real career and you're kind of freaking out, you can you can apply that love of learning to whatever it is, whether it's business or 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 maybe they're becoming coaches in their own right. So it's something that is a it's a cycle and it keeps coming back to the kids you're you're working with. Now I, I wanted to wind down with a little bit of a selfish question because I, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm engaged. I'm getting married in September, hoping to have a young one in the next year or two. So, you know, I think about this a lot, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to have a boy or girl that wants to wrestle, what's like the first couple of skills I would teach them. You know, I think about it all the time. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you have, you have obviously kids and uh, your brother has kids. When you think about like early development and wrestling, someone who's just getting into it, what are some of the first things you teach young kids? Is it stance? Oh, Is it getting off their back? Like, where do you guys start usually?
1: So Ryan, first of all, we could have a whole podcast on on this because I love this topic so much. But um, before even even the technique, I'll say this: like one of my my good friends, he gave me this advice as we were um, Jody and I. We we started all of our kids this year, so he has uh, he has two that started wrestling, uh, Journey and JoJo, and then I, I have three little or two little boys who started. I have one who's you know a couple years away. But um, the advice. And how old got, are they? I'm but, just
0: curious. When did you guys put them so, in?
1: Yeah, so, um, well, eight, six, and four, and then Jody has eight and eight and six.
0: Okay, so about eight for the oldest, though. Okay.
1: Yeah, so um, my the vice I got was, um, you know, whenever they get married, you know, whenever the kids get married, you want to make sure that you're still best friends with with your with your um, you know kids, and that. So Ah. I try to really take that approach of um, trying to give them the best possible experience, but also remembering the end goal is like hey, this is, I'm hoping we can go to NCAA tournament someday together. I'm hoping we can have those great memories. So I want to make sure that this is just a positive experience. And if anything, we're probably cautious on over, overdoing it. We're probably going the other way a little bit, but that's just because, you know, we, we love them so much and we want to make sure that they, we, we have that strong relationship. But um, yeah, we did, I mean, they are, they are consistent. Like we've talked about our uh, philosophy, they're consistent. They go to Young Guns a couple times a week. They're around us, um, you know, th- this year. But to answer your question, we we got them in gymnastics really young, and I can't say enough good things about that. They're still in gymnastics, and you start wow. to see some of their, um, you, know, you know, it's just one day a week, but you can start seeing some of the the movements they're doing and the flips, it's, um, you know, really coming along. But uh, yeah, as far as the technique, I would say, man, just if they're consistent at practice and they love it, they're. I don't know if there's one technique that's you know going to work or not work, but it's um if they're consistent at practice and they love it, and they love being around their buddies at practice, I feel like through that consistency they're they're going to get good. Um, now we didn't start competing our kids until um, the the oldest one was eight, uh, Jody's a mine, and then you know the one the, um, the other two were six, and that it seemed like a really good just a really good experience starting at that age. Um, yeah, the eight year old surprisingly enough, the eight year olds are they they play they're playing catch up a little bit i mean um i mean they uh my oldest um and jody's oldest it, jody's oldest won the girls division she, she was a stage ham which was super cool she had to win some really gritty matches to do that which was awesome wow and then my oldest was he was a state qualifier this year's his, his first year but um i feel like uh it, it's good like they're learning they're pa wrestling i mean they're they're starting them young so it's there's a little bit of a catch up if you're starting you know at eight but i feel like over the course of time um just valuing the process and being consistent i feel like they'll be you know competitive if they choose to be competitive and yeah keep loving it
0: it's such a long game because it's crazy that at eight eight years old you already have some kids that have been doing it since five and they're coming out just smoking you know smoking kids so if you got a eight-year-old who's a first year you know he's going to take his lumps but then, you know, fast forward ten years when he's a senior in high school, you know, hopefully the tide of the tides have changed. But that that's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. But it you're already seeing that though kids. at eight years old, these kids are yeah, coming at a state. I was at the state tournament. I was at the state tournament
1: and uh in the eight U division, I was like, Oh, oh my god, this is that's <laughs> unbelievable. Some of these kids, I'm like, that kid could beat me. That kid could definitely beat me right now. And uh some of the techniques and just the uh the savviness they have is, is it's really impressive. But like I said, we're going to, we're going to, um, you know, take that consistent approach, keep working and, and see where that takes us, really trying to value the, the character and valuing hard work and being tough and, um, you know, see where that takes us. You know, some of the kids that we were able to see in, in young guns and how that philosophy, you know, helped them. Um, you know, Jackson Arrington always jokes around that, you know, when he was younger, he, he got smoked by a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, a lot of kids, right. He's getting tech fall by everyone. And now, you know, he's one of the top guys in the country, won his third state title, But, uh, you know, and I try to pick a lot of the uh, young guns, dad's brains. I mean, they, they lived it. And and I'll tell you what, one of the best is a guy named Brandon Teasdale, Gavin's father. He gives me so much good advice. He says, John, here's, here's what I, you know, what I learned. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what could help you. And he is the best. He's like a whisper. He always said, he's like, I wasn't a whisper for my own kid, but I am, I'm a whisper for other kids. And he is so helpful, giving me advice. And, And he's the one who really told me, he's like, Hey um, you know, be start, be careful going out too strong. He's like, this is a really long marathon here, build up, build that strong foundation, get them, you know, make sure they're loving it. But he's like, this is a marathon and you want them really, um, loving wrestling, being tough, having a passion for it as, as they start progressing and getting older. So we've tried to take a lot of what, you know, he's been telling us.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about all the minds you get to pick. It's crazy. Not not even the coaches, the dads and like, you know, these dads are so into it that they, you know, they're, they're basically private coaches in, in in a way, and it's funny you say uh, T-Zale's dad because I was looking. Uh, I'm doing a documentary right now on Tony Davis. It goes live in like three oh, weeks. Oh yeah,
1: I'm excited for that.
0: And he Mount Carmel back in the '90s would travel to a tournament called the California University Classic, which is now called the Powray mm-hmm. Tournament. And, oh sure, uh, yeah. Um, I think it was called the Cal. Yeah, it, the town is California, Pennsylvania, or. Right. I believe. And now it's the Powerade. But Teasdale's dad's name was in the bracket. And it, there's like Teague Moore was there. Kerry Colat was there. And I'm like, I bet that's the same Teasdale. And so, uh, yeah, I, I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys were at that tournament back in the day, but it, it was the precursor to the Powerade tournament. So
1: Gavin's dad, was a, he was an absolute beast for Juan. For he was an absolute beast. And funny story, when we first met Gavin, okay, when we first met Gavin, we were having a Saturday workout. And uh, one of our young kids said, hey, there's this really tough kid um, you know, I'd like to bring to practice. I was like, yeah, what's his name? And he said, out. So he brought him to practice. And right when I saw his dad, I'm like, holy cow. I was like, Brandon, you kicked my butt back <laughs> in high school. He, 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 uh, he wrestled me one time, kicked my butt. So sometimes Ryan, it's very humbling. And, um, you know, yeah. it's just funny how work, uh, life work, works out and, uh, went, went from that. And now he's given me all kinds of great life advice and, you know, just a great, another great relationship that we met.
0: Awesome. Well, Mr. Strip Matter, it's been such an honor to talk to you, and we could sit here and chat chat for hours. I mean, let, just on the technique stuff alone or, or just, you know, th- another big question I get is how many times should my kid be wrestling in the off season? And I think it just comes back to, like, are you driving the kid there or is the kid wanting to go? You know, and, and that was my last question for you is do you have any recommendation for these parents out there who are like they don't know what to do? Should they be wrestling all summer? Should they be doing baseball? You know, you hear about the good old days of the multi-sport athlete – We'll just wind down with that. What are your thoughts on, like, competition and balancing it?
1: Yeah, so I have a really good response on this and Ryan. So whenever I have a kid, right, who's all in, and um, I'll just use an example of, you know, a kid named Brock McMillan, right? So I know when Brock came to us now, um, and he's, as he started getting older, we'll start, saying um, maybe, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, middle school. I knew that he was someone who just loved the sport so much. So my, my job was as a coach, get him as good as possible. Right. So he did all his other sports. You know, he's really good at all the sports. So we encourage that, but, um, he was also very consistent coming to young guns. You know, we try to get them, um, you know, enough, enough matches where, um, they're keep, you know, they keep developing with our high school kids. Um, right now, I want them if they're climbing the mountain, you know, we say like, I want them getting a lot of, um, you know, matches this off season, uh, you know, Jackson Arrington. I I said about him, he just wrestled, you know, Myers Shapiro and had a great match. He lost, but he got better. So I love that we're seeking out competition. So as a coach, we're always trying to, you know, seek out matches. Once they get to that middle school age, high school, especially seeking, you know, it sounds crazy, but seeking out losses almost and finding competitions where there's a chance he might get beat. But as a dad, it's a little bit different. So as a dad, you know, when, when they're younger, we're making sure that um, they're consistent in their practice, but we, you also have to make sure there's a hunger there, right? Because you know if you're doing anything seven days a week when they're when they're really young, I mean there's there's a, it's possible they may not they may lose that hunger. So it's balancing how can I get them as good as possible and keeping that hunger. So it's really a fine line. Now if a kid's more intrinsically motivated, you can run with that. And if you have a special kid, like well, you know. Like, um, you know, Bo Bassett, you know, loves it. I mean, loves it, loves it. Oof. You're Sam Herring, you know, so you can, you can do that more, but I don't think you can have a cookie cutter approach where um, you can do that to every kid. It's right. Every kid is different based on their, their um, motivation levels. You want to, you can expose them to more competition and more, more practices. But as a rule of thumb, I do think you have to be consistent. I, I think you need to be consistent there, you know, a couple yeah. times a week, at least, um, you know, even when they're young.
0: So, and so if, if they're just to recap, if they're in high school on the grind where they're talking goals, they're, they're coming to young guns, you're trying to get them, you know, basically another season of matches if possible, you know, 20, 30, 40 freestyle matches. Um, oh yeah.
1: If not more, right. Like I'm like, so wow. the kids who are really, so if we're trying to, if you're looking for that Cinderella story, who um, you're trying to beat all odds and a kid who maybe never even want to never even made the state term when they were younger, I will encourage a lot of matches at the high school level at tournaments where there's some kids that they can start building their confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know I tell a lot of stories, but you know, a great example of that was, him. so Gavin Teasdale, when he was uh, in high school, he went to a tournament and he he was at a tournament, World Team Trials and he wrestled out uh, Dayton Date Fix, right? So I remember wrestling him that week before he left and all the time before he left. And he was extremely good. But when he came back from that tournament, he lost to Dayton by a point. He beat he tech ball, Piccinini. He was a different person. He instantly, like he lost that off after when he was wrestling. I was like, this is a different person. So we talk about that one tournament can change your mind, which can, you know, help you jump, jump level. So the guys who are trying to really climb that mountain, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeking out that competition where they have an opportunity to knock someone off who can, you know, change their mindset.
0: And even a loss can change their, their mindset. I mean, for the better, oh, you know, which is it's like, huge.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's huge.
0: I love it. And, the, the, just the one thing I've seen also is, and it was big for me is taking a kid to a big time event. Like the first time my mom took me to the Olympic trials, it was my birthday president seventh grade. It was or like Ninth grade. It was unbelievable. And, uh, NCAAs, you know, I'm sure the same thing. Do you guys encourage that as well? Like getting these kids to some of these premier matches where they can see how important wrestling is at the, at the highest levels just to watch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that comes back to us, you know, being fans of the sport as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll go to def- different college matches and, uh, you know, kids will, will you know, they, they want to come with us and sometimes we'll have to take a bus. You know, we've been, you know, different places throughout the country and we've taken a charter bus out there to, to watch some, some really, you know, awesome matches. When you look back, we, there was a match where, um, Penn state wrestled Iowa, Zach Harver and, uh, looking at the kids who went on that trip. I mean, that's Nico. Me- the lose wrestle Matt McDonough in that match and you had you know Jason Knolf um Caleb Young Max Murin uh Justin McCoy a lot of those kids it was unbelievable it was a who's who wow. in college wrestling right now Spencer Lee um you know they were all out there watching that match so hopefully it does uh you know definitely inspires them and lets them know what's possible with hard work and dreaming big dreams
0: Love it. Well, I can't wait to see the next crop of kids you guys are kicking out and it's been an absolute honor, coach strip matter to have you on here. And, uh, just want to thank you for your time, sir. Much appreciated.
1: Well, Ryan, it's, it's a pleasure. And like I said, I look forward to these. I always, first thing I do, man, each week is, uh, look who you, you got for the week. And, uh, that's for my, uh, you know, weekly commute to Pittsburgh,
0: man, that is, yeah, I can't even tell you how, uh, how good, you know, that just makes me feel so, uh, so happy. And, uh, it warms the heart, man. It's, it's amazing to have someone like you taking something away from it. So thanks again, man. I appreciate it. All right. Much
1: appreciated, Ryan. See you later.
0: That's the end of this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. To see video clips from this interview, go to Instagram at Wrestling change My Life.